from Hollywood, the Lawrence Welk Network presents... This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Christmas Everest, the advent calendar, day, I mean, what is this now? Uh, 20? 18? (laughs) Yeah, we're not that lucky. Optimistic. If you're still in the, the, is this episode 20 headspace, you're in for a crash. Just another week to go. (laughs) And today's episode... As if things couldn't be any better. Yeah. Is the Lawrence Welk Christmas <laughs> show. Now, again, as I've always said, I don't like to let light in on magic, but I'm saying it so frequently that maybe I do like to let light in on magic. We had a, a list that Ian produced for this advent calendar. And then the other day, just the other day, I got a message saying that I've made some modifications to the list, which I was pleased that he'd, you know, modified only the things we hadn't watched yet. Um, But one of them was to include the Lawrence Welk Christmas show. Now, I've never heard of Lawrence Welk or the Lawrence Welk show. Nor would I. You had picked it purely on the basis of, one, the YouTube comments... And two, the fact that his name was Welk. Yeah, I mean, okay. So basically what happened was I decided I I, I wasn't happy with a couple of the programmes that we had left to do in this series. I think you actually, given what I remember that the, the programmes were, I think you made good choices. Yeah, no, I just looked at them again and I wasn't happy with some of those choices. And I may yet go back and change them again. You know, this ain't mm. over. But um, no. I... I went back and so I typed in Christmas special into YouTube, which is exactly what I did the first time around. Set it to search things that were over 20 minutes long only. And scrolled down and scrolled down and scrolled down. And this time I kept scrolling. And there he was, Lawrence Welk, 1972. And so I opened up the page but put the video on pause because I didn't want to see any of it. No, no, no. But there was this video has been watched like 150,000 odd times and it's got 195 comments under it. So I was like, okay, I'll have a look at the comments. And all of the comments (laughs) were by old people saying, Oh, I miss this program so much. I used to watch this with my grandma when she when I when I was a kid. This was my grandma's favorite program. Oh, this was my elderly parents' favorite program. And all these, and I was like, so what you're saying to me is that ultimately this is what old white Republicans are listening to. Oh, there's there's no on Christmas Day, nineteen seventy two. No wonder they're in a good mood. These guys have just won the presidential election. Yeah. But um, it is a hellscape. (laughs) The thing is that I didn't read anything about Lawrence Welk until afterwards. No. So I went through 
really several different stages throughout this. And for the first stage, I thought he was like a preacher or something. And that if oh, in a, thought, any yeah. minute now, this is going to stop and there's going to be some sort of 20-minute long lecture on the significance of Christmas to Christians. But it doesn't yeah. come. And what comes instead is so fucking much weirder. I've never seen anything like it. Well, I mean, I've seen things like it, but not necessarily concentrated at that level. Concentrated child abuse. Well, there was... I mean, you could question it, couldn't you? I mean, essentially, Lawrence Welk was a uh, major American TV star. He was a band leader, and then he moved into sort of television in 1951 and the Lawrence Welk show ran for over 30 years. Yeah. It was, it was made by PBS, Mm -hmm. the uh, public broadcasting channel in America and obviously then syndicated around the networks. So, you know, this is quite a big deal, as you say, for the Republican uh, leaning people, no doubt. Like I say, it's, it is such an extraordinary and surprising document. Because it is not what I expected in any way whatsoever. Over the years, the programme has sort of accumulated a sort of rolling cast of musicians and singers. Yeah. Who are known as the Lawrence Welk family. And I find it very interesting that you said that you thought he was like a preacher. Yeah. Because I've got written down here, Jonestown. Yeah, plausible. Definitely plausible. There is a definite cultish vibe to this program where you just think are they doing this are they doing this of their own free will he I mean, well he starts with his family don't he he starts certainly with his, the children and let's were. bear in mind here yeah what this actually is because we haven't actually said as much yet around no. about i would say two-thirds of the acts in this 40 odd minute long performance 40 45 minutes maybe yeah yeah are adults singing with children and when i say children yeah. i don't mean fucking teenagers i mean no, no. some of these are as young as 3 years old they usually they are their own children yeah and usually their own children they Which are in not, my eyes makes it worse yeah, they are not talented children in any way. The first no. kid that goes on, I think it is, or the second kid that goes on, um, is very young. And it's it's his daughter-in-law. And that kid does not want to be involved. Definitely does. Oh, yeah. That was Lawrence Welk the third. Yeah, Lawrence Welk the third is telling Lawrence Welk the first where yeah. to fucking... I I got a I got a distinct feeling that Tanya is going to get written out of the will this evening. Yeah, but actually, my later reading into Lawrence Welk that doesn't actually sound necessarily completely against the odds. He was known for fitfully dismissing people if he thought that they weren't coming up to his expected standards of um, performance and moral rectitude. Oh right, okay. Their, private lives and uh, so I forth. I wouldn't have lasted very long, would I? No, you would have been out the door within <laughs> 20 seconds. Like Abe Simpson walking into the brothel and straight back <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the next song 
was the only one that I actually viewed as its own independent kind of thing. And it's a country singer of some description with his kids. And uh, yes. th- th- I've got three observations. Firstly, okay. those kids really couldn't sing. I mean, they really couldn't again. sing. Here's what it did. It went zip when it moved. Bop when it stopped. Whirr when it stood still. I never knew just what it was. And I guess I never will. Secondly, the song is about a mystery toy. And it's a fucking robot. It's obvious from the description that he's given. It's a fucking robot. Jesus Christ, it sounded like our robot from the description he gave. I'm a daughter, ten year plump ass. Don't think that I won't. And thirdly, when it got to the very end of the song, I had my fingers crossed, hopes against hopes, and I need to be absolutely clear that this was never going to happen. Because the last verse is about him gifting this gift to his children in turn. And nobody knows what it is. That's the whole conceit of this song. It's a robot! I have my fingers crossed, hope against hope, that the last word of the penultimate line of the song would be fuckaroo. <laughs> well, you were unlucky <laughs> that would have, there, That would have made my evening. If, the, if he, you know... I was like, oh, right, okay, well, I know what the last word of this song is going to be now. But uh, no, but, I mean, a fucking robot. This program is just a collection of songs and frightened-looking children. Well, there were some tap-dancing elves. There were some tap-dancing elves, including a very significant performer in the Lawrence Welk family, Arthur Duncan, okay. who was the longest-serving non-white member of cast. Okay, right, yeah. Out of, I think there were two. Oh. <laughs> um, so he he was the one who hung on the longest. The, the beginning of the programme, it says, from Hollywood. Yeah. You know it's going to be good when they say from Hollywood at the start, and then you go into a a big version of Jingle Bells where it's panning all around the studio at all of the performers, and immediately I realised I was completely out of my depth because the camera was looking at all of these people as if I knew who they were, Yeah, but I didn't. It gets to the point where some of these kids are looking visibly scared. Oh, definitely, yeah. And there, then there's a bit where they're all lined up and singing, like that fucking photo of the Fritzl family. And then... Oh, what? When they've got the... Um, when they, they do the children's carols, and then they all play spoons. Yeah, then they all play the fucking spoons. Go along with the kids are singing and play the... And that, incidentally, that sounds exactly like you think it's going to yeah. be a bunch of kids playing spoons in a hostage situation. Yeah, uh, and then they're just they're, then they're just going around and introducing people without giving you any idea or context yeah. of who they are. Yeah, it was all of the it was the, the all of the yeah. Welk family plus their families. Yeah, but what? The extended why? Family. Why? Who gives a fuck? The thing was. That microphone that they had, that sort of red box yeah. with a wire hanging down, that was a really strange microphone. They, yes. And it, what it reminded me of, I don't know if you remember, before the uh, first Gulf War. Right. 
Saddam Hussein took a number of Americans sort of hostage and kept them as a human shield. Okay. They occasionally would make videos, you know, saying that we're okay, we're still still alive, they're treating us all right. Yeah. That's what this video reminds me of. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair enough, yeah. I mean, I've got written down here that the the girl guitarist is blinking SOS in Morse code. Oh, I, I wouldn't be fucking surprised. By the time they're just introducing the families and it's just like all these weird precocious kids there's like a that there's a three-year-old who can read a full sentence my fucking my my boy is five and he couldn't do that but i don't the thing is i don't care about that because my little boy is actually just developing at a completely normal speed at five years and three months, he can read a few, yeah. he can read a few words. He can write his he's name. Not, he's not being given not being given the whelk hormone. Yeah, injections. well, yeah, he's not getting the strap. Is what it is, <laughs> you know. Well, and it I'm, is a concern. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I would rather. It is a concern actually to me because some of the the, the children, as you say, did look a little bit chastened, as if. You know, a little bit stiff in the shoulders, as if they were really trying to make sure they didn't hit a bum note. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you know what happens when you hit a bum yeah. note. Yeah. Don't you? Don't make me do it again. Yeah. When they got to Timmy singing, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, I went, I wonder when he lost those. Yeah. <laughs> 20 oh, minutes God. ago, round the back. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus, Lawrence Welk has still got his gums sticking to the end of his shoe. <laughs> Honestly, it is cultish. And you are quite right that he presides over it as if he's a preacher. But it is if the preacher were Jim Jones. I mean, genuinely, if they brought out a load of mulled wine for everyone, I'm calling Kool-Aid on that. Let let me get a couple of positives. Okay. I mean, it wasn't here. it wasn't low on technical quality, certainly. No. Look, the women in it have unfreaking believable hair. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, they look like they look like lions. They've got these unbelievable kind of hair that just comes out yeah. from these sort of vast sort of centre partings and just cascade down over them. They're extraordinary haircuts. They their hair looks unfreaking believable. And the men are wearing immaculate suits. Yeah. There are some seriously well dressed people in there. I'm not gonna No, they lie. spent some coin on it, there's no denying it. I mean I don't know if you noticed during the tap dancing elf sequence They've got a monogrammed studio floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is that it was his own production company, I think. I, I would imagine, yeah. Probably his own I studio. Think he was, yeah, I think he was in complete control of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised by that. But like I say, I mean, by 1972, obviously, the programme's been on for, what, 20-odd years? Just over yeah, 20 just years. Yeah, just over 20 years. So he's got the formula nailed down, but they're too far down the rabbit hole with this. I mean, how do you appear in the middle of this? If you've been watching it for 10 years and you know who all these people are, then all right, okay. But well, yeah, if but... you're just coming in as a fresh viewer, it's yeah. just a bunch of people. Yeah, and in a way, I'm quite glad of that because I think that if you watched it every year for every one of the 21 years that have been running up to that point, and you're, you know, you're looking at people 
who you first saw on this fucking program when they were a toddler and now they've got a moustache you're yeah. you're getting sucked into the cultish thing as well so the longer you can just look at that and go there's a bloke there's a woman there's a kid the better well, yeah i mean i think yeah i mean i think um the any cultish similarities are probably not intended I think that's us, us running our gimlet eye. Over. I don't know. I think that there's definitely something. No, I, I think that's. I think that's 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 exaggeration. But but I do also think that this is the world that I was born into. Yeah, it's true. You know, well, this, I mean, it carried and it carried on going into the world that I was born yeah. into. It it didn't stop until 1982. Yeah, it stopped in 1982. It stopped in the same year that that fucking idiot was on Pebble Mill, still complaining that you know the black and white minstrel should be coming back onto the TV. <laughs> this feels like it's from a fucking parallel universe. This is like no other television programme I think I've ever seen in my life. And as such, I can only recommend... That anybody listening to this watches the fuck out of it. Get get high first, or get really drunk. <laughs> Something like that. Take you know, acid. Get, just get yeah. Get a little bit, just like you know, off your gourd, and then um, and then settle down for the Lawrence Welk Christmas show because I I've never I've I've watched a lot of old TV. It is almost entirely what I watch these days it's only this and about two or three things on Netflix that I ever watch now so you know I know what I'm talking about and I've seen a lot of things as you all know because I know that there's a that there's a few people in fact I strongly suspect most of them are listening to this this podcast every goddamn morning so you know what I've seen they've you, suffered those people and some of you have come with us and I'm eternally grateful for that. Hmm. I'm, I'm not. I'm deeply suspicious. We've created a cult. I will tell you, you know, from what I consider to be a position of relative authority, yeah. I have never seen a TV show like this before. Well, it's like a parody show. It's like some group of clever what that are now called leftists had created a word perfect parody of what leftists think yeah. righty wants to see yeah it's, it's but it isn't a parody show it is actually it was just made for those people for those people because the thing and here's the thing those people exist obviously and Here's the real crushing thing that Twitter can never admit because Twitter would just wither away and die if it ever admitted this. But, you know, the vast majority of those people are all right. They're still here as well. They're still here. They're still people. They're still living next door to you sometimes. Yeah, but it's really... um, It's a really... It's just got this otherworldly kind of dreamlike state to it. I'll tell you what I was expecting it to be like. I was expecting it to be like the Andy Williams show. I was kind of hoping 
I was kind of hoping it might be like Rowan and Martin's laughing, but no, it wasn't. I don't. I didn't think it was going to be like that because I saw because I read the comments. Yeah, well, obviously. but I was. I I was hoping it was going to be like the Andy Williams show, and the Andy Williams show is just the reek of my childhood. I mean, I'd yeah, I'd assumed it would be more like that. My parents absolutely love Andy Williams. So that is something that's deeply redolent to me. And actually, I think you'll find there's no Andy Williams on this list because I won't put it on there. Is it because it it would be too heavy? It's got it's it's something that I know that both of my parents loved. Uh, my mum died last year, um, and so whilst I think I've adjusted to life without her quite well, it's you know it's raw in the way that. Death is raw. You know that as well as I do. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, the idea of giving Andy Williams a good kick in. <laughs> no, but in my in my head, I'm gonna go back to that, and if I pick an episode that was on in say the late seventies or early eighties, then you could be dealing with a full blown therapy session. Oh god, in a podcast, yeah, because yeah, the, yeah, because the chances are that I will have seen it at any point from the age of about two on. Or maybe even from birth, you know. Yeah. If it was Saturday night and the Andy Williams show was on, then my parents were on that. It was one of the things that they did love to watch together. And obviously, you know, as a baby or as a kid or whatever, then, yeah, I had to watch what my parents wanted to watch on the TV. Of course I did. So, you know... For, so for me, that that I didn't put it on there because that's a kind of happy memory. And as we all get older, we I want to remember the fond things that I have with my parents. We're after the same rainbows and... I, I, I couldn't put it on there. Couldn't, it, it couldn't go on. And I was hoping that Lawrence Welk yeah. would be like a low-rent version of it. That, it, it that, actually, that actually we could get stuck into. But it wasn't. It was something altogether more dreamlike and otherworldly and weird. In which yeah. there is either... This completely idealised and absolutely, utterly ultra-sanitised and almost completely white world of angelic children Hmm. who are all... Pricks? Creative and intelligent and they can read and they can sing and all these other incredible skills... Or they're selling you a myth. And that ultimately is what they're doing in the Well, yeah, or they're looking for donations so they can fund their spaceship that's going to take them all to the Well, I think that until until you've got some evidence to confirm (laughs) the proof that... (laughs) Well, I don't have any... Oh, yeah, here we go, Donald Trump. But... You, you, I do look at them and think, I wonder how many of those people have ever seen what it's like outside of the studio walls. Yeah, well, like I say, it had that vibe, but that doesn't mean that I think it, that's what happened. 
I'm sure, I'm certain that somebody would have caught up with Lawrence Welk had that not. I'm fairly sure. I mean, yeah, it's fair to say that had Josef Fritzl had produced a weekly 45-minute-long musical variety show, he would have got (laughs) caught quicker than he actually was. But then at the same time... I can't help but feel that if Josef Fritzl had produced a 45-minute-long light entertainment show, it would have looked quite a lot like this. Well, it would have been very Christmassy, obviously, because he lived in Austria, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's got an advantage just going into that. Yeah, yeah, naturally occurring snow. Naturally occurring festive scenes. Interesting, actually, some of the festive scenes in this, when they did the carolers... Yeah. Again, Victorian dress. Now, I sort of understand it in British Christmassy things, Victorian yeah. dress. Yeah. But, I mean, Charles Dickens has got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? Oh, God, yeah. You go, Charles Dickens, it is said, invented modern Christmas. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard that said. It's but, him and know. Um, Prince Albert. They got together. Yeah, they got absolutely together. Absolutely fucked us <laughs> right up. Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, thanks, all those, Albert. All those guys. And and that's the ultimate, my ultimate takeaway from Lawrence Welk, is that I have no idea what I just watched. And I wonder whether watching another episode might not be a bad idea. I looked up Lawrence Welk and found out that he was a band leader and accordion player. Yeah. So I had assumed that it would be more, you know, he he would be more hands-on, but he really didn't do anything apart from hector that one child into playing the piano so that they could all play the spoons. And also he was uh, he was the choir master for the children's singing as well, I guess. Which was an interesting demonstration of of, of Lawrence Welk and what Lawrence Welk expected. <laughs> Sing louder! Sing louder! Sing better. louder! Not that loud. Yeah, I, 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 it's he's. I just can't get my head around him. I just can't. And yeah. it's it's such a a strange program that I I I find it very difficult to. Uh, yeah, I would say. I mean, like you, I would say, watch it but don't expect to be entertained. <laughs> no, I would say, what, like I say, get just a, whatever it takes just to get yourself a little bit, you know, out your head. Yeah, yeah. Do that and then watch it. Couple of manky pills up your ass, you'll be away. Yeah, anything. Anything, I like, it doesn't really matter what. You really do. I just think uh, you, you, you need to be in some form of an advanced state to be able to <laughs> deal with this absolute weirdness. I can't even say it's bad because I feel as though I'm so off the mark in terms of even understanding what it's about. What was your festive highlight? There's a lot to choose from. I mean, some of those trees were like redwoods. I, I I think my festive highlight was the bit where they just started giving out presents, and it was like, well, "You got one for me? 
<laughs> is it me two front teeth? No, Timmy. Oh. And you will not be getting your two front teeth back, ever, until you learn yeah. how to sing. Yeah, it's just, like I say, it's just such a uh, curious thing. Such a curious thing. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what my festive highlight is, but I'm leaning towards Oh Holy Night, not because I particularly enjoyed the rendition of it in this, but because it was the best song on this programme, and that's what this programme was. It's just a series of songs, one after another. i tell you what, one thing I did actually notice was that I, I did actually really come to understand and, and see something in a profound way that I think I've known all along but hadn't really actually thought about, which was that ultimately I was listening to... Um, what's the Santa Claus song they have Santa Claus is coming to town they did that didn't they yeah and I was thinking in this context it is only possible to see Santa Claus as a control device over children (laughs) yeah he's got a list he's checking it twice yeah you know and he knows somehow or other yeah it's weird that isn't it somehow or other he knows but there you go. So yeah, that was the other thing. Your your career as a Marxist is. Uh... I'm not a bloody Marxist. <laughs> I tell you, it looks a bit like Karl Marx. Go on, Father Christmas. I'm pretty sure Father Christmas isn't a Marxist. Well, I hope not. He couldn't be because he owns the means of production, doesn't he? So he's like the anti-Marxist. Lawrence Welk. No, he's the bourgeoisie, isn't he? Lawrence Welk, I think we can all agree Lawrence Welk is the bourgeoisie The owner of the means of production (laughs) And just because I know this stuff Doesn't mean I am a Mark Yeah alright, okay, well that's fair enough Anyway, tomorrow Oh bloody hell, yeah we've got to do another one Yep, late Breaking news Oh you haven't Oh yes I have Oh Jesus, go on then I can't have the Pink Panther on you like the Pink Panther. I do like the I Pink know Panther. you like the Pink Panther. I'm not having something that I know you like on. So tomorrow's uh. is going to be Ian's Mystery Box. What? And I am going to... You need to be... Set aside an hour for it, just in case. <laughs> and at some point tomorrow, I am just going to drop you a WhatsApp message with a link to what it is you've got to watch. Hmm. And that will give me plenty of time for scrabbling around in the underbelly of the internet. So essentially what you're saying is you don't know what we're watching tomorrow. <laughs> I thought I had something and then I thought I had something else and then I thought I had something else and I'm just looking at something right now which would be right up my street oh, no. and right up yours. And in fact, I might even throw it in. don't know. Oh, it's so difficult. That's the thing, you see. There's so much choice, because almost all of this TV is just fucking bullshit. You see, this is this is the, very much the criteria that we both use. It's like, oh, yeah, you yeah. hate that. Oh, that looks shit. Yeah. <laughs> this will make him really miserable. But the, it's, it's interesting... This one's, two, this one's two and a half hours It's interesting long. that the, the <laughs> idea of the fact that there's also a self-inflicted injury never seems to come into it. That's always a, really a secondary no. concern. No. 
I don't, it's a tertiary, I'd uh, say. Well, there you go. <laughs> Secondary is, will this upset him? <laughs> so we don't know what we're watching tomorrow. We don't know what it is tomorrow we'll, yet because I've had a cha- last-minute change of heart. But it will be... Yeah, but oh, oh yeah, I'll make that decision later on this evening. By the time this podcast is out, the link will be in the blog post. Oh, good. So, you know. Um, anyway, we'll be back same time tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. And goodbye.